everybody, welcome to episode 122, that's such a big number, of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth and defenders. We've got a little bit of a special episode for you today. Yes, it is all about our 3-1 victory over real salty lake, as Philly likes to call them, but we've got a song, that's right, a song for you on today's episode. But first, you know my voice. I'm the scarf, J.R. Liebert. Sitting next to my left, I want to let him introduce himself because I've missed him so. It's been a full week since we've done this. A full week indeed, Defenders. Seemed like a vacation, but not a very good vacation. Kind of like a vacation where you do nothing and the electronics aren't working and you don't have your Nintendo. I appreciate that introduction, Mr. King of Threads, my partner in pod. Yes, it is I, the loud and bold lover of all things black and gold, Christian Philly Philemon. And... Scarf and I get to hang out today in beautiful Burbank, California at world-famous Phila Monster Studios, world-famous Scarf, because we've been aired in 73 countries yes. on several occasions. And I got to give a shout-out to our listeners in the UK, Mexico, big shout-out to Vietnam. We seem to trend in the soccer sports pod Woo! world there. Australia, France, Saudi Arabia, Canada, Germany, and Singapore. Yes, tons of listens in those countries, Trefiel. That would be Icelandic for scarf. We're going international, my friend. Wow, my (laughs) mind is blown right now. You just called me scarf in Icelandic? Yes, I was. (laughs) Yeah, I figured I wanted to pick something obscure. I was going through Google Translate, and for whatever reason, Icelandic seemed to be appropriate. Maybe I should have done it in Slovakian as a ha-ha to Albert Rusnak for not being here. But yes, Icelandic scarf trefil. We've got it in Spanish. We got La Bufanda. We got Dishal in German. And now trefil, my friend. You're going to have a new name every podcast. I mean, I'll take it. That's I like us going international on this pod. Look, everybody, we want to get right to it. Look, if you watch the match, you know our third and final goal of the night was scored finally, yes, finally, <laughs> by our third designated player, Brian Rodriguez. Look, I was getting worried. I will tell you right now, I did have a backup song ready to go in case this didn't work out. But you know what? Here what we do at Defenders of the Bank is we bring you, we we peel back the layers of the onion, if you will, to bring you some truly special content from time to time. And and look, I I wrote a song. I, I wrote a song about our third DP, Brian Rodriguez, and I'd like to share it with you all right now. So in honor of Brian's first ever Major League Soccer regular season goal. He scored two in the MLS's back tournament, one which actually counts towards his record. But this is his first MLS regular season goal. I I, I present to you what I call Brian's song. All right, here we go. We thought the mountains would fall and the dead would rise before we would see with our own two eyes. 20-year-old from Uruguay, score a goal, O'Brien, yes, Brian, the designated player, Brian, he's got perfect hair, tattoos everywhere, and he scored a goal, you said it over and over, he doesn't fit. He wasn't brought here for all these assists, and you think he played like a piece of, but he scored a goal. Oh, Brian, yes, Brian, down the left wing he comes flying, 
He leads the attack and has, I mean, it's like a six or eight pack, but he scored a goal. Yes, in the regular season, this was just his first. We thought the third DP spot might be cursed, but you have to admit, Horta was a lot worse. He helped Carson score a goal. O'Brien, yes, Brian. $11.5 million, Brian. He'll take on the D, then pass to BWP, but this time he scored a goal. O'Brien, yes, Brian. Down the left wing, he comes flying. He leads the attack. Come on, it's like a six or eight pack. And he scored a goal. O'Brien, yes, Brian. The designated player, Brian, with his perfect hair and tattoos everywhere, he scored a goal. All right, that was it. Scarf, yeah. I am dumbfounded. That was unbelievable. <laughs> kind of like to quote Christopher Walken in that Saturday Night Live skit where he's doing the thing with Blue Oyster called the more cowbell thing. <laughs> Scarf puts on his pants Every day like a normal man. <laughs> but the difference when Scar puts on his pants, he's writing platinum record kind of music. <laughs> and I didn't know about it. He's been holding out on us the entire time. Platinum gold scarf. Uh, I got a fever. And what I need is more Brian in my life, Oh, uh, We need more goals from Brian. That's for sure. That song <laughs> would have come a little bit earlier. Shout out to Mrs. Fregulti, my 6th, 7th, and 8th grade music teacher who did not put me on the list for choir somehow all three years. So if you're listening, Mr. Fergalti, and we know you are, you're a big fan of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I would just like to say it's the motivation from not making choir in sixth, seventh, or eighth grade that has me writing songs about Brian Rodriguez. Philly, please, dear God, can we change the subject from that song? Let's talk about something else that's near and dear to our hearts, Philly, the Angel City Chicks. Oh, absolutely. Angel City Chicks. Hosted by Panda and Nina, my wife and JR's girlfriend. They just did an amazing interview with Julie Ehrman, who is the founder and president of Angel City. I was in the room when they were Skyping. I was a fly on the wall. It is a fantastic interview. And the fact that they got somebody of that high a caliber right off the bat is a testament to the hard work they've put into their show. They're doing a great job. They're going to be the Angel City podcast. I, I absolutely love what they're doing, Scarf. It's an amazing, amazing interview. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'm, you know, I, I'd like to sleep in my bed, you know, and when that's not one of those situations where I'm afraid I'm going to end up on the couch. I mean it genuinely. I may be biased, but I mean it genuinely. Check out the most recent Angel City podcast. You will get to learn a lot from the founder and president of the club. Yeah, really cool. Angel City coming to you in 2022. We can't wait. We're hoping it's at Bank of California Stadium. Come on, Mia. Help us make it happen. She's one of the owners, in case you're not familiar. A ton of big-name owners for Angel City. I don't think they've officially called themselves Angel City FC yet. I keep wanting to say that. But Serena Williams is one of the owners. Natalie Portman, Alexis Ohanian, and Serena and Alexis's daughter, also one of the owners. She is the youngest owner of a professional sports team in the world. I think that's pretty cool. Please check out this episode with Julie Ehrman. So again, a big shout out to the Angel City Chicks. Philly, we have an incredible episode. Episode 122, the RSL recap. And look, we definitely have our wait what moment. And no, it's not that song. I know. I appreciate all of you. After you heard that, you all went, wait, 
What? No, it's definitely but... my way what moment. If I'm going <laughs> to selfishly have one, it's definitely going to be mine. Oh, well, we're going to have one that actually has to do with the game as well instead of just my singing there. And, and look, it's, it's, it's Brian's goal. We're going we're gonna to tell you right now. That's our wait what moment. But we'll get yes, there in a little bit. Yes, Brian. See, it works. I'm singing <laughs> in my head already. It's, look, I, I, I channeled like... Elton John and Tim Rice, who wrote all the Lion King music, Aladdin. It was all those early Disney cartoons that I grew up wanting to uh, to be a part of. A part of their world? Anyways, <laughs> so we've got a fun episode. We've got the recap, of course. But we need to bring you guys some This Day in LAFC history. We've got a ton of news and notes. A lot of fun stuff happening in the world of LAFC. And then we'll talk about our upcoming schedule after we do the recap. First and foremost, Philly... Just when I was starting to be able to save a little bit of money, LAFC HQ is now officially open for (laughs) business. Look, they've been open for curbside pickup on Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout much of the pandemic, but now the store is officially open. Please go see our friends Rachel, Cherise, and everybody else who works at LAFC HQ. Their current hours, in case you want to stop by HQ, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're only open three days, and they're open from noon to four. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, from noon to four. So make sure you head on over to LAFC HQ to grab all your LAFC needs. You can order it online if you need to, but it's way more fun to go in there in the store and hang out with all the great people that work there. Of course, they are practicing all of the social distancing guidelines to keep you all safe. But head on and over to LAFC HQ and Philly. Just as I am done promoting LAFC HQ, there's another group that is selling something pretty cool online, Philly. And that's our friends over at Breaking Tea. BreakingTea.com. They have done it again. They have already produced killer shirts for Adama Diamande. Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi, which, by the way, the girlfriend got me one of those for our anniversary. That was pretty sweet. I got the Legado Chura Diego Rossi t-shirt. But now it's the legend's turn at a shirt of his own, and we'll talk about him on today's pod. BWP has his very own shirt available over at BreakingTea.com. Grab this one quick because it is definitely going to sell out in Philly. The best part of these shirts is that they are officially licensed by the MLS Players Association, so the players are actually getting a piece of all the t-shirt sales. That's excellent. There's another thing I want to make a note of, Scarf. You might have heard us talk about it on the last pod. You might have seen us message it. Athletes in the making. Yes. Please visit their website, their social media, or heck, just go to our Instagram and click on the link in our bio and register for their virtual 5K. If you don't know who Athletes in the Making is, you're in good luck because I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Now, Athletes in the Making is a not-for-profit organization that was founded with the belief that through physical activity, children of today can live healthier and motivated lives and create people skills to become successful in the future. By participating in team sports, children learn social skills through teamwork and respectfulness from sportsmanship. The kids also learn to aim for higher goals by being competitive, receiving good grades for the love of the game. Now, there haven't been many opportunities for athletes in the making to do their thing, particularly in this pandemic environment. That is why we need to help out. That is why we all need to register for this virtual 5K. I've done, I've registered for it. Panda's registered for it. Scarf's registered for it. Yes. Nina's registered for it. It's a 5K run for a cause. You run at your own pace. It's open to all ages. Help us raise funds with Athletes in the Making to continue to fulfill their mission of giving kids free sports education and equipment. You have between now and October 31st. 30 bucks, you get the following. The first ever 5K Team AIM medal. 
You show a picture at Dino's Main Street with your medal, and you get free fries. Free store. fries. Free fries. If you show a picture to at L.A. Galagetso with your medal, you get two-for-one micheladas. Micheladas. We love micheladas. Love it. Everybody that signs up will automatically be entered in a raffle for a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card in time for that holiday shopping, and, and? you receive a free pin nice. with your medal. Love now, pins. feel free to post... Tag them. If you want to tag us, cool, but tag them. During this corona pandemic, we got to find ways to stay active anyway, for vanity and sanity purposes, for that matter. We want to thank you. Please spread the word. Register for that 5K. Athletes in the making. Let's help support the kids. Let's keep sports going in the community. And guys, in case you're wondering, a 5K is just 3.1 miles. But if you wanted to run from Dino's on Main Street to Galagetza, both places, you get free fries and then two-for-one micheladas at the end of your run, it would be about 9.2 miles. So really, you'd be almost completing three 5Ks and you'd get free fries and two-for-one micheladas. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be burning all those calories. You might as well. I I mean, I'm not going to do that. Never mind. I'm not running those nine miles. I'll cycle it. But yeah, it's a good thing. Look, Scarf's doing it. I'm doing it. Nina's doing it. Panda's doing it. There's plenty of others, and we hope that the millions and millions of Defenders of the Bank listeners out there will do the same. Now, yeah, st- absolutely. Philly, I-, I saw something really cool, by the way, during the Rams win. The Rams won today 17-9 to at that beautiful SoFi Stadium down in Inglewood. We had a few LAFC teammates getting amazing seats in the front row. Well, at least their cardboard cutouts did. Thought it was really cool that the Rams put Carlos Vela, Chiqui Palacios, Edward Atuesta, Diego Rossi, Jose Cifuentes, and Pablo Cisniega in the front row to watch their 17-9 to victory. That was kind of neat, but Philly... We've got LAFC players in the stands at Rams games, but we are not going to have some LAFC players on the pitch. That was a smooth segue by Defenders of the Bank. That was nice. For very long Philly, we've got some international call-ups happening that I know you are going to discuss on News and Notes. Lots have been going on in the rumor mills. I'll address something really quickly, but we don't like to speak on rumors and speculation. We like to speak on fact. The only thing I'll say is that the transfer window in Brazil opens on October the 9th. That is all. Now, we reported (laughs) on the fact that Brian Rodriguez and Diego Rossi were selected for Uruguay's team back September 18th. This is when there was a 30-man roster. Super excited for Rossi. He gets his first call-up for the senior team, and... Nobody deserves it more than him. He is the golden boot leader. He, he's, he's come out of nowhere and really stamped himself as one of the premier players in this league. And Raito, we already know that he's had six matches and he scored three goals. We knew we were worried how this is going to affect us. But again, so proud of the news for these boys. But let's fast forward to this past Friday. Uruguay makes their announcement. They trim their roster to 23 and no Diego Rossi. Surprised, shocked, disappointed, but if I could say quite selfishly, a little bit relieved. (laughs) You and me both, my friend. I want to see Rossi get what he deserves. We all do. I want to see him shine on the international stage. I want him to succeed. I want him to get the attention of the bigger clubs. But at the same time, I like to see our club win. And losing our leading scorer while having our MVP sideline with a grade 2 MCL is not fun. But it doesn't end there. No, it does not. We were all informed of the fact that Chiqui Palacios... And Jose Cifuentes got the call to play for the Ecuadorian national team. Very, very cool. The timing sucks, but very, very cool. Chiqui's got five caps. Had his senior debut on October 2018 in a friendly against Qatar. Sifu, three caps. He made his debut in September of 2019 in a match versus Peru. 
always a great honor for any of our boys to get the call up. Sadly, sadly, we don't just lose them for a couple of matches, though, Scarf. No, we don't. We lose them for a few weeks. Five to six matches, basically, that we're losing them during a crucial stretch. We're starting this next phase of nine matches, and for them to miss 66.666, whatever the mathematics is, it's going to be tough. It's going to be extremely tough. But if you want to catch those matches, Ecuador, they got their work cut out for them. If you want to see Cheeky, if you want to see... Sifu, if you want to see Raito, there's a good chance that you can see all three of them. On October the 8th, Ecuador's going to play Argentina. Okay, tough match. And then a couple days later, on October the 13th, they're going to be playing Uruguay in pretty much an LAFC type of a showdown because you got three of our boys there. Why are they? Why are we losing them? By the way, you're asking if they're only gone for a couple days because they have to quarantine for. I think Max was saying a minimum of 10 days. Yep. It's unfortunate. We have three of our starters presently that are out. We still have no Carlos Vela. It was almost four. You know, as much as it saddens me to see that Diego Rossi isn't going to play for Uruguay, I'm again, I'm relieved. Vela's hurt, but we may see him later in the month. Vela and Rossi work good together. They've been practicing. He's been a neutral. Tristan, we're not going to see. That's going to be a big loss for us. But that's the gut-wrenching news that we've heard as of late. Again, good luck to Sifu. Good luck to Cheeky. Good luck to Raito. Make us proud. Do your thing. Super, super cool. It's only going to help us. And the silver lining for Diego Rossi is the sixth best team in the world has their eyes on him. They're, They're seeing this. They know what the deal is. So... That's the story there as far as the international front is concerned, Scarf. Yeah, Philly, you know, the only thing that might be just as good as being called in to Uruguay's national team, of course, is winning the Golden Boot in Major League Soccer. Sure, why not? And you know what? I think this is going to motivate Diego Rossi even more to prove to everyone out there that not only should he be on that pitch, but he probably wants a starting role on that 11 as well. Look, Uruguay is, what, the sixth best national team in the world. That's pretty incredible. But you know what? We're going to have Diego Rossi for the stretch run. If we don't have Vela, of course we're not going to have Sifu. Of course we're not going to have Cheeky. It's going to be tough. Lots and lots of holes to fill. And we'll talk about that after we do the recap today. But look, congratulations to our guys getting call-ups. Not loving how these next six games are going to go. Thanks, COVID. But it's going to be interesting. And and, and I do... Look, Philly was being very coy. We're talking about the Vasco da Gama rumors, Latif Blessing. There's been a little bit more smoke there than in a lot of the other rumors that we've seen come through the rumor mill. And their transfer window opens October 9th. We'll see. But Philly, the transfer window for, say, a team like Cagliari, that closes, what, tomorrow? Yeah, so (laughs) Rodriguez is obviously in the news for that one. He would have to take. He'd have to go there, take a physical, and get it done. Well, within the next like twenty four hours. Yeah, that, that that that's not happening. He's going to be on his way to connect with his club to start qualifying for the World Cup. The window's going to close. We're probably going to be with Raito for a little while, and he had a really nice way of saying, "Hey, I'll, I'll talk to you guys. I'll talk to you guys later." More on that. The thing about football, we've said this so many times. The checks and balances that exist outside of our borders, they, they aren't really, there aren't really any. 
Agents can say whatever they want. They can start up these stories, start up these con- uh, controversies, these negotiating tactics to basically demand for more money. And of course, your agent's going to want to get their clients more money because it makes them happy. The player's making more money and the agent makes more money off of that too. And, but- and Philly, the best part about all of this is that now he can add a fifth team to his Serie A Italian Club Rumor Mill sticker book. He's got Fiorentina, Lazio, Sassuolo, Torino, and now Cagliari as well. I mean, he's going through all of Serie A by the time this rumor mill is over, Philly. Who knows? But he's he's been playing. He's played well. He he played well today. Ooh. One thing I just want to leave you guys real uh, with real quick. Just a couple of things that our boy Vince Vince Larosa said on Twitter, which I think makes absolutely good sense. We're entering the silly season. I'm going to kind of read some of these things verbatim really quickly. When you see the word reports. Check to see if there really is more than one or just one report that everybody else is re-reporting. Okay? That's number one. Number two, make sure you know when the transfer window is actually opened. It varies for different countries. We know that. We said Brazil opens on October the 9th, while for most of Europe, it closes... uh, It's closed. It's October 5th in Europe. That's number two. Three, if you see a fee reported, maybe check to see how often said club spends that amount. If it's a record fee, like it could be for Latif... Be skeptical. Latif's probably worth a good, what, two to three million in the transfer market. I don't know if Vasco da Gama's got that type of money. Agents, we kind of discussed, but the most important thing he, uh, that Vince touched on, and I couldn't agree more nothing, and I quote, is officially official until you see a player holding up a jersey with their name next to a club official. And Photoshop can be a mother. So that's the story there. We all like to talk about rumors, it makes life exciting and all that other jazz. But we're going to put that to bed. We normally don't like discussing rumors, but you said it best. A lot of smoke with the Latif thing. We had to address it, Scarf. Yeah, one last thing, Philly, before we're done with the news and notes segment that's actually come before the This Day in LAFC History segment that's gone quite a long time. I think we're, how many minutes have we gone now so far? There's another wait, what? Oh, my goodness, Maybe call that one a wait, (laughs) what? So one last little bit there. Congratulations to Bob Bradley. Philly, I believe this is win number 167 in the career of Bob the Builder. Yeah, 167. As of today, he is three wins away from passing Dominic Kinnear to move into third place all-time in Major League Soccer. He is going to be right below active coach Bruce Arena, and the both of those guys are going to have to win a ton of games to catch up to Ziggy Schmidt. Rest in peace, Ziggy Schmidt. He's got 240 wins. Bruce has 215. Bob has 167. Whoa. Ooh. Big gap. Getting there, man. Getting there. But he's probably going to pass Dominic Kinnear at the very least. Yeah, Philly, you're absolutely right. That's been a little news and notes that happened before this day in LAFC history. We, of course, are recording this episode Sunday, October 4th, after the 3-1 win over Real Salt Lake. And on October 4th in 2018, Major League Soccer revealed their top 22 under 22 list, and LAFC had four players on it. At number 16 was Edward Atuesta. At number 13 was Andre Horta. At number 11 was Latif Blessing. And number three in all of Major League Soccer for 22 under 22 was Diego Rossi. That was in 2018's list. Also on that same date, by the way, October 4, 2018, LAFC backup goalkeeper Buba, Luis Buba Lopez, was called into Honduras' men's national team for a friendly against Spain. 
On the 5th in 2019, we heard that two members of the Black and Gold were nominated for end-of-year awards. It's crazy that we're in the middle of like a nine-game run, and we're talking about end-of-year awards from last year. On October 5th, 2019, Mark Anthony K nominated for 2019 MLS Comeback Player of the Year, and Bob Bradley nominated for 2019 MLS Coach of the Year. More on who won those later in this day in LAFC history. And on the 6th, we played two matches in our previous two years on the 6th 2018 LAFC officially clinches their first ever playoff berth in team history with a win at Colorado who we'll see in our next match maybe if COVID doesn't have its way we beat them three nothing and LAFC became the fourth expansion side to make the playoffs in their first year Here's the crazy part of those four, including LAFC. Bob has coached two of them. The 1998 Chicago Fire, who went all the way on to win the MLS Cup. Of course, we did not win MLS Cup that year. It was a brace from Adama Diamande and a 15th-minute goal from Walker Zimmerman backing Tyler Miller's 10th clean sheet of the season. I'm going to say that again. 2018, final match of the year. Tyler Miller's 10th clean sheet of the season. Vela, Dio, and Rossi in that match, they became the first trio to score 10 or more goals for their club in their inaugural season. And finally, to wrap up this day in LAFC history, on the 6th in 2019, it was giveaway day as the Supporter Shield commemorative patch was given away at Bank of California Stadium as LAFC defeated the Colorado Rapids again, this time instead of 3 nothing. It was 3-1, and of course, all three goals in our final match of 2019 scored by Carlos Vela, 28th minute, 31st and 51st minutes, including a half bicycle for his second goal. That put him at 34 goals on the year, 49 points, including 15 assists on the year, and LAFC setting the Major League Soccer regular season points record at 72, goal differential. Philly, we're sitting there at plus five right now. Goal differential plus 48. Eight, and we of course tied the MLS regular season goals record at 85 and to round it out Philly that was the last match in the storied MLS career because he's now playing in USL of Tim Howard and that is this day in LAFC history clearly we're, we're excited if we're starting this day in LAFC history this far into the podcast but <laughs> hey we, we like to keep things uh, different we like to change things up make sure y'all are paying attention thank out there. you for sticking around this far into the podcast before we've got to the recap hey dude I mean I think they're sticking around because they all they just like me they want to hear more of Brian <laughs> we want more Brian oh my goodness let's go to the recap can please, we do a duet of that next pod Philly, <laughs> Philly let me ask you something how many wins did LAFC have on the road this season before this match a big fat goose egg goose. so fat that we hadn't won on the road since August 17th of last year oddly enough at Rio Tinto Stadium against really salty lake where we won two to nil can you believe that we are in October of 2020? LAFC is not one on the road since August of 2019. And I'm sure you're scratching your head going, well, that's impossible. Well, no, it really isn't. Because that was the stretch of the season where we couldn't buy a win. We weren't losing. We were tying. We couldn't buy a win. And the, and the race to the Supporter Shield was made slightly interesting with NYCFC during that time period. But yes, 
scarf. A very long time since we've won uh, on the road, but oddly enough, against these really salty lake players. Yeah, we're, we're pretty good against RSL for the most part. Unfortunately, we played them on September 9th of this season at Rio Tinto, and we looked awful. We lost 3 nothing behind goals from Demir Krylock, Justin Miram, and a PK by Albert Rusnak. This was part of a run of three, three nothing losses in just 13 days to Carson, to Real Salt Lake, and then to Seattle. So that's our, our previous history because really all that matters is this year because I feel like 2020 is just like a god-awful snow globe that we can't get out of right now. <laughs> but, Philly, let's talk about the run of form for these two teams leading up to it. <laughs> LAFC, Philly, as we noted in our, our podcast open, They've had a rare entire week off from playing games. They were mentioning on the YouTube TV broadcast that they had Monday and Tuesday off from any soccer activities whatsoever. After thrashing Vancouver 6-0 just 12 days ago, we lost an absolute stunner to San Jose 2-1 with both goals bringing back the 2018 80th minute hex. LAFC does have two wins in their last four matches, which has been great, but we haven't been able to string two in a row together. And Philly, after 14 matches apiece, we're neighbors in the standings. The battle of the inconsistence. That's what I'm going to call it. Inconsistency between, between these two clubs. That is the best way to describe this season. They win some, they lose some. Battle of seventh and eighth place. But having that week off, we had no doubt would work to our advantage. We needed a break. We needed to get to spend some more time on our weaknesses. I mean, some of our weaknesses were exposed within the first and the second half. But clearly, Bob's trying to toy with some ideas. And uh, we we saw an old familiar face starting in the back line again. We'll talk about that later. But 18 points apiece between the two clubs. We have the advantage on the goal differential. Prior to the result of this match, we had three to their negative two. It's still, still insane to me, Kashkol or Kaskol. Well, that would be well, Scarf in Greek. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. I but think hey, you might have. I figured since you were such a fan of the Icelandic one, let me look up what, <laughs> what Scarf is in Greek. <laughs> oh, anyway, God. 32 goals. I mean, we're tied with the Sounders for first place in the league in that statistical category. You want to talk about inconsistent? Hell, we were, we're basically points away from the seller with having scored 32 goals during the course of the season and having a bunch of matches where we actually got shut the freak out. Unbelievable. It feels like we've played really Salty Lake a whole bunch of times already this season, Scarf. Yeah, only twice. And we haven't really won on the road. No, we have not. And we came off a gut-wrenching loss last week. Yeah, I to, talked about that, yes. To, to San Jose. Yes. But we've been playing okay. No, we haven't. The, the <laughs> You're contradicting. Your, what, are you doing this podcast by yourself from here on? Are you no, no. I'm, there are things that I want to say that, that clearly I can't say <laughs> because they're, they're not true. But all right, let's get into the injury report, ladies and germs. Nothing has changed, unfortunately, within the past couple of weeks. We're still without Vela. However, however... Bob said the other day that Vela was training as a neutral player at practice. Pretty cool. We may see him at the end of the month. Who knows? Hope so. But to know that he is training, even though it's a neutral, I got to admit that's, or I, I got to imagine that's that's got to be somewhat uplifting to all the players in the club. Yeah. But the problem is there's no Tristan Blackman. He's putting in side work, but it's matches, according to Bob. It's going to be matches before we see him. And then Mohamed Traore, not medically cleared. 
and neither are we, for that matter, as to what not being medically cleared. The good news is Andy Nahar didn't injure himself walking to his car, so that's that's a good thing. Oh, my goodness. For RSL, Philly, it breaks my heart that a member of one of our national teams, Philly, the Azuri, the Italian men's national team, Giuseppe Rossi, unavailable, out with injury. So is Everton Louise, a midfielder. And Netam Anuoha, who is a big, big problem there in the back line for LAFC on the defense, he was out as well. So no Rossi, no Luis, and no Anuoha for RSL. Philly, let me get in to RSL's starting lineup real quick before you tell us who lined up for the black and gold. Look, Real Salt Lake missing three starters from their 3-0 win over LAFC, and they're pretty big names. We mentioned Netamanuoha, but no Justin Glad, who's out for yellow card accumulation, and no Albert Rusnak, who's with the Slovakian national team. <laughs> Those are big, big holes to fill. And here's the other crazy part, Philly. I'm going to get into the starting lineup right now, and you will not hear me mention any of the three designated players in the starting 11 for Real Salt Lake. We have goalkeeper Andrew Putna, who had eight saves last match against LAFC, did everything he needed to do to preserve the clean sheet. You had Marcelo Silva, who was not even in the 18 last match. He would come into play in this one for sure. Aaron Herrera, Eric Holt, Michael Chang. They called him Douglas or Douglas Martinez several different times on the YouTube TV broadcast, and he was a handful throughout this match you have the local kid from escondido california not too too far away the 2018 mls rookie of the year justin miram damir Krylock, pablo ruiz and donnie toya we mentioned the players not in the starting lineup in the 18 he didn't get to play in his 496th mls match and that would be Kyle Beckerman, but also on the bench, Philly, and I have to mention this, their other two designated players, Jason Ramirez and Sam Johnson, I just don't understand, Philly, how RSL uses their designated players. If you look at the amount of time that Jason Ramirez and Sam Johnson have played, going all the way back to our last game at Rio Tinto Stadium on September 9th, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Real Salt Lake have played six matches between... Our last match and this one total, six matches. Well, Sam Johnson, before tonight, had played just 40 minutes in those five matches, and Jason Ramirez had played just 30 minutes in those five matches. They would almost equal that total of 70 minutes in this game alone. I just don't understand, Philly, how RSL uses their designated players, especially Philly, as we're going to talk about in the second half, with Sam Johnson becoming a problem. Maybe Freddie on the sideline over there at RSL has some tricks up his sleeve. We said that they were inconsistent thus far, but they haven't lost in their previous three matches. Look, we're going into a crazy, crazy time. We don't know what the health situation is with these guys. We don't know what they look like during training. Maybe Freddie is holding off and letting these guys get in tip-top shape and preserving them so they can make a late push to get a better position as far as playoffs are concerned. I don't know, but you're right. It really is suspect because we saw throughout the course of the game that once you put in a guy like Sam Johnson, 
Things can happen, and we're going to get into that later. But let's go into the LAFC lineup. No changes with the exception of one key <laughs> center back position. We have Pablo Cisniega between the pipes. Latif Blessing. Jordan Harvey making his, what, second start of the season? Actually, I think it was his third start of the season because he started that first Miami match, and then the last two matches he started are both at Rio Tinto. Either way, he's not gotten a lot of playing time, and he's the consummate professional. He's We love Jordan Harvey. But after watching him today, actually, it's pretty cool that he did go the uh, the entire length of the match. He did. I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do in the uh, the limited minutes that he's been getting. But that was a surprise to see him position where he was. And then, of course, Eddie Segura. And this is where I start to get a little teary-eyed. Chiqui Palacios, uh, Jose Cifuentes. Uh, names we aren't going to be mentioning in our starting lineup for a number of weeks. Nope. Edward Atuesta wearing the captain's armband. Fortunately, Columbia didn't pick him up. Mark Anthony Kay, Brian Rodriguez. Oh, it's going to suck to see him go. Bradley Wright Phillips and Diego Rossi to round out the lineup. But there is an Andy Nahar sighting on the bench. He <laughs> might have gotten injured sitting there, but it would have been a splinter, if anything. Well, a splinter could keep him at his day-to-day, I think, after every splinter. Philly, let's talk about... Not medically cleared is what they're calling it, Scar. <laughs> let's talk about the first half highlights. And it took about until the fifth minute. And this was a bit of a problem throughout the match, Philly. And it's something that I think Bob needs to address going forward. Because, look, Douglas Martinez was a problem out there on the outside. And in the fifth minute, it was Latif Blessing getting beat on the outside. But luckily, the pass in the middle of the box was cleared away by LAFC. And we saw several changes throughout the course of the match with maybe Jordan Harvey switching over with Eddie Segura. And with a lot of help being given on Latif Blessing's side, he really got beat a bunch of times. And honestly, the first time was right there in the fifth minute. A a kind of an early test, Philly, for Andrew Putna in the seventh minute. Although... The long-distance shot there by Sifu, it wasn't really ever close. And and really, Philly, first, what, 10, 11 minutes in the match, that was about it until an offside by BWP. Yep, that happened in the 12th minute, and you were right. Like, Putna, I mean, he, he's got tough shoes to fill with the departure of Nick Romando, more at the retirement of Nick Romando. But Sifu, to basically name a album from the Ramones, A Rocket to Russia, that went way out there above Putna's head. Yeah, no no action in the 10 minutes, but Bradley Wright Phillips clearly trying to pick some cherries, because that was no question. That was called offside, and we had that happen a couple of times. Yeah, but Philly, I like the play that we run. It looked like it was a little pick play, right, with Diego Rossi running up and setting a screen. It reminded, I mean, it should remind you of your John Starks to Patrick Ewing days, no? <laughs> you mean where Starks would, would break in Game 7 of the NBA Finals against the Houston Rockets in 94? No, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, <laughs> I'm not bitter about that at all. But 16th minute, you were talking about Douglas Ugh. Martinez Jr. Harvey used his smarts on this rather than his athletics because if he lost that foot race. He completely lost that foot race. Harvey, Har- I love Harvey, but he you can't keep him with a player like Douglas Martinez. And you, as you were watching this, you thought that Freddie, Freddie, and when I say Freddie, I, I don't mean uh, the, the lead singer of Queen or, or, or Freddie Krueger. I mean their head coach, Freddie. We would have thought that Freddie, what, Freddie Juarez would have completely continued to expose Jordan Harvey. But he did a couple of times, that's for sure. I mean, Can a I- minute later, he got exposed again. Meg like a mother. Oh, it was bad. Can I just mention, by the way, Philly, I would like you to read your, in the 16th minute, your exact first sentence that you wrote for that note. 
Harvey used smarts rather than athletics. All right, here's what I wrote, and we, we don't sit on each other's laps and write notes together. This doesn't happen. I wrote, Jordan using his smarts to cut off the angle. Look, this is why I run a podcast with this guy. I love this guy. This is so much yeah, fun. Yeah, me love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in the 17th minute, Jordan got megged. It was pretty bad, and you just saw the confidence. <laughs> if we had a YouTube show, I would definitely have like the album cover. <laughs> Not the album cover, the movie cover of that, that, that big old show shark with Jordan Harvey right above it. Oh, man. It looked bad because you saw Douglas Martinez was so comfortable with this matchup all of a sudden. And in the 19th minute, I mean, 16th minute, 17th minute, 19th minute, we we love you, Jordan. But it was a rough stretch for you, bud. Pablo had to come all the way out to clear as Jordan got beat again. But right after, by the way, it was a good counter by LAFC. And Mark Anthony K was somehow called offside on a play where it really didn't look like he was actually offside. But we're talking four times in three minutes, four minutes. It's what you do if you see a weakness out there. And it seemed immediately right after that. And and Warren Barton was the one that mentioned this on the telecast. He said they've got to switch to Eddie Segura over to that opposite side. And they did, but the only problem was when Eddie switched off of that side, every time Latif got beat on the other wing, then yep. there was nobody to help out. So a, a bit of bother there on the back line for LAFC to work through. But Philly in the 20 third minute i i mean i love this man old man game comes through again it it looked like there was a little bit of offside but lafc looked like they might have got away with one i don't know they said they were going to review it nothing ever happened all of a sudden they kicked it off goal lafc some uncertainty on the broadcast some uncertainty here at philomonster studios but it's another goal for BWP as Sifu passed free by Edward Atuesta. I mean, it's all Edward Atuesta that starts this play, and he gets no credit on the stat line. But it was the play that set Sifu free. Sifu crossing it in for Rossi. Rossi absolutely thought he had number 12 on the year. Stay tuned for that. But he banged it off the woodwork. It, of course, ricochets right to BWP for number 116 in his Major League Soccer career. And his, Philly, is it eighth? For LAFC on the season? His eighth goal, his 116th. There was some pinball wizardry on that goal in the 23rd minute. You said it, Edward Atuesta, doing Edward Atuesta things, as you would like to say. <laughs> C. Fuentes, oh God, he's, he's easily my favorite player this season, but he's going to be missed. He connects so well. It's kind of funny seeing how that, I mean, it looked like he could he was going for a shot himself, and it just so happened that Rossi was there to hit it off the pipes, but... BWP, Bradley Wright Phillips, in the right place at the right time, but he doesn't elevate closer to Kai Kamara. Nope. Who's just above him. Kai Kamara's still active. He scored a goal yesterday, so he doesn't really inch closer to it, but he definitely puts himself up in in second place as far as LAFC's leading scorer is concerned. And I love Bradley Wright Phillips, man. (laughs) I hated him when he was a New Jersey energy drink. I knew his game. I knew his bloodline. I knew his lineage. Shout out his daddy and Wright, Arsenal legend. Wow. No one gives Sean Wright Phillips any love, man. I feel bad for that guy. He's had a long and and solid pro career, but Philly... Yeah, of course, but he's not tied to us, and we we wouldn't be talking so so candidly about BWP had he not been part of the black and gold. Uh, While while that's true, you know what? I would still like to show love to all the Wright Phillips family just so Bradley keeps scoring. Philly, what if I told you that that was LAFC's 
first lead on the road all season. It was our first lead on the road. It's one nothing LAFC. We are off and running. LAFC looking a little disorganized on the back line in about the 26th minute. No, that never happens. No, but in the 27th minute, Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi. Oh, Diego Rossi. Oh, Diego Rossi. He scored another one against really Salty Lake. There you go. 27th yeah, minute. Kid, so that was awful. The, that was pretty bad. That was, look. The, I, 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 it's not a Brian. Oh, jeez. Again, God. The long oh, ball. Brian. This time it's. If I'm singing that in the shower tomorrow morning, I will hate. I will call please, you like angrily. Please don't make me envision you singing anything in the shower. Thanks so much. <laughs> the long ball from this time. It's Sifu who springs Diego Rossi. And Unreal he, pass. I mean, great pass by Sifu. But, Unreal. But he absolutely breaks down poor Eric Holt, who's really only starting for Neto Manuoha. I mean, that was rough. We're talking 1v1. He went left. Eric Holt sort of went right, then got flat-footed. And then under the armpit for the goal, Diego Rossi now three goals clear of Jossi Zardes and Raul Rui Diaz for the golden boot lead. 2-0, 27 minutes. LAFC, and we are off and running. Are you watching Oscar Tabares? Are you watching Head Gaffer of the Uruguayan national team? Are you watching the person that you omitted from your 23? Are you regretting it? You should because he is an outstanding player and he can do some damage for Uruguay should he get the chance. Give Diego Rossi an opportunity to represent his beloved country but maybe after the tournament. Because <laughs> we, we, we really need him. But hopefully you, you caught that Oscar Tabars. Yes. Yeah. Rossi doesn't want Bradley Wright Phillips catching up to him on the scoring sheet. Clearly. Clearly he doesn't want to because he wants to take that title all the way to the grave for him and put that sucker on his resume. Let's, let's think about what you're saying right there, Philly. 20-year-old Diego Rossi is trying to hold off 99-year-old, 66, he's 66 years old this year. It's on the back of his jersey. It's like Deion Sanders, the last year he played. So what, is he Benjamin Button getting younger? absolutely. uh, Deion Sanders wore 37 for his last year that he played, so that every time he picked off a ball and he was running it back the other way, the young receivers would see how old the guy who was separating from him was with 37 on the back. I'm convinced that's what Bradley Wright Phillips is doing with 66. Look, what an incredible run by Diego Rossi to absolutely undress Eric Holt. And in the real 30, quick though, Scar, real, real quick, quick yes. that wouldn't have happened had Latif Blessing not made a great defensive play the minute prior because that led to this whole situation happening. Yeah, look, Latif had an okay game tonight. He had an okay game. He, normally, there are times where we see Latif running all around the pitch, making all sorts of plays, creating all sorts of havoc. I felt personally that Real Salt Lake was manipulating Latif a little bit and getting him into spaces where they wanted him to be, especially with Douglas Martinez. In the 33rd minute, though, speaking of guys getting into good defensive position, it was Brian Rodriguez who had to get back all the way on D and help out. 35th minute. LAFC's back line still looking a little leaky, but you know, my favorite moment... A little leaky. Yeah, that's that's all I got for Making you. Making it sound like it's a bad pair of depends. I mean, you know what? With some of the guys that are playing back there. Anyways, <laughs> in the 39th minute, though, might have been my favorite moment of the first half because, look, one of the moments in the second half inspired a song, but that's neither here nor there. In the 39th minute, Philly, I absolutely love the payback. Yeah. By Jordan Harvey. I got that in there, yeah. Look, he, he got... Jordan Harvey got whooped three consecutive possessions, but in the 39th minute, 
a sliding tackle on Douglas Martinez as the ball headed out. The ball was already going out of bounds, but this was Jordan, the veteran that he was, seeing him in the crosshair, sizing him up and giving him a little, as Philly would say, how's your father? Yes, yes, there a little you bit go. of the, how's your father. And, and it was just one of those things, Philly, where I just love that Jordan, and, and honestly, I'll say this, after that play right there, Jordan seemed to play with a renewed sense of confidence. It was one of those things that I really think propelled him to play a much better match. Philly, let's talk about the 40th minute real quick, though. Yeah. Not one. Set pieces? Not two, but three set pieces Whoa. for Real Salt Lake. And LAFC, Philly, defends all of them. <laughs> scary, scary moments. Anytime there's a corner, anytime there's a set piece, anytime there's a free free kick, we don't know what the hell's going to happen. It, 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 it's something new all the time. And Max mentioned it on the pregame that we were listening to. We couldn't have said it any best ourselves. It was initial poor set piece defending. <laughs> Wait, did you just say, hold on, this this has to stay on the podcast. What we couldn't have said it any best ourselves. Oh, not, God. Not wow. better, but that's got to stay. I think that might be an all-timer. That's it, might, it might have been the shot that we took earlier. <laughs> The better shot than the one we had previously, there you go. where you gave me expired whiskey. I, I didn't know whiskey expired. It's your whiskey. It's in your house. Yeah, but but you still didn't need to feed me, dude. You ever see that that one insurance commercial where like they're talking about like we have ant problems and they open <laughs> the fridge and like expired, expired, expired. I swear that's panda nice and ice fridge. Boy, I didn't think the whiskey was expired. It was the worst thing ever, and I thought it was good at the time. Anyway. We we totally digress, <laughs> and I'm totally forgetting what we wanted to talk. We about We were talking now. about the three set pieces that yeah. LAFC defended so, so well. So it was off the first off the first initial ball where we had tough time defending. Then it was off the second and the third. You don't know what to expect with the defense. You don't know anything. You just pray to God that something good happens. Thankfully, we got out of that with our heads held up high. 41st minute, though, there was a corner punched out by Pablo. Second corner, he punched it out and then grabbed it. I don't know, he pulled some kind of a, a Superman thing. He's showcasing the genes that he, he has from his two Olympian parents. And that, for the most part, is the first half. We go into the locker room with a rare, unbelievably rare, and really, really stupid to say, lead on the road. August 17th of last year was our last win on the road. And I said it before, we said it against RSL. Two to nothing at the half. Two to nothing, we beat them the last time we won on the road. And we'd love to give you some stats, defenders. (laughs) We really, really would. But? But we don't know what the hell the stats were. We went everywhere. We didn't have press passes for this because we weren't in Sandy, Utah, watching really salty lake. (laughs) <laughs> the stats that we found on LAFC.com, <laughs> on MLS.com, on everything. 100% possession, 100% passing accuracy. With our one pass we made. With our one pass that we made. We couldn't even do that against a JV team. But both of we, our shots were on target and goals. We were so batting a thousand really everywhere. Best half ever in major. Best half I ever. I took a best picture half of ever. that halftime with these unbelievable statistics. And I'll probably post that along with the, uh, the, the, the sleeve that our good friend Dexter created. You wouldn't <laughs> believe it when we had 100% passing accuracy and 100% possession. It, there was, you go. it was unheard of. Unbelievable. Look, second half. Let's get right into the second half highlights. And the, the real highlight was being able to see Sam Johnson play in the match. This is one of their designated players who coming into this match, Philly, had played 40 minutes all season, and yet 
In this, he's going to get 45. So, hey, Sam Johnson comes in for Justin Miram, but I'll tell you what, Philly, in the 47th minute, if you go back and watch Justin Miram's goal against us in the last RSL match, it was off of one of those little pinballs into the box, came right to Justin Miram, he slotted it home, passed the keeper, and the exact same thing happens. Philly, we looked awful coming out and starting the second half. LAFC tested on two straight set pieces. First, the ball in for Johnson, looking exactly like the goal he gave up to Miram, but he couldn't find the back of the net. But off the ensuing corner, Corey Baird couldn't finish on a wide-open goal. And yikes, Pablo has to corral a cross in the 48th minute, and it really looked bad for the first five minutes or so for LAFC in the second half. That play would come back to haunt Real salty lake. Corey Bear, the 2018 Rookie of the Year, nearly put a dagger in our hearts. Fortunately, it was kicked above the crossbar. They came out super strong, super aggressive. We fast forward, 50th minute, Raito trying to connect with Rossi. BWP did what he could to keep a broken play going. Raito nearly making some magic happen. Didn't happen, though. 52nd minute, Eddie Segura with a yucky turnover. And that's pretty much all I had to say about that. 55th (laughs) minute, K, great pass, but Rossi's touch was a bit too much. And the 56th minute, yikes. Sammy boy, our designated player, Sammy Johnson, making a sweat scarf. Making a sweat tremendously. Yeah, couldn't get onto that header there over Jordan Harvey. That should have been a goal. And just two minutes later... I'll say this. That was a tie, it, right? That could have been the tie. It, the Corey Baird yeah. shot and that header, it should have been it should have been 2-2 at this point. Philly, 58th minute, an absolute gift for LAFC as Sam Johnson can't put away that wide open header from Douglas Martinez. You just like saying Douglas. I, he was I mean, he was such a problem. I mean, we jokingly we call that one player on Seattle Sounders, one of their uh, defenders Gomez Andrade, the problem, but I mean, the way that Douglas Martinez and Sam Johnson played tonight. It should have absolutely been a goal there in the 58th minute. Sam Johnson heading it just wide. But look, you know what? If you can't get the goal, you're going to have to pay for it on the other end. And the reason why we got to play the song, everybody, in the 59th minute, Brian Rodriguez. Oh, Brian. Yes, Brian. The designated player, $11.5 million paid, Brian Rodriguez, for the first time in an MLS regular season match. It's Brian Rodriguez with a goal, with BWP on the assist. Yes, we know he scored two in the MLS's back tournament, only one of which actually counts towards the season statistics. But this one, finally, his first Major League Soccer regular season goal in what might be... His last match for, what, five or six games as he goes off to play for Uruguay. It is going to be an interesting six matches without Brian on there. Who's going to take our set pieces if Carlos Vela is injured and there's no Brian Rodriguez? It, it, it Maybe Diego Rossi, right? I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about that at the end of the match. Unfortunately, Philly, while we were celebrating and the euphoria of the Brian Rodriguez goal just five minutes later, RSL gets one back as Silva takes a perfect header off the corner from Pablo Ruiz. Cisniega made the save, but it's got to be one that he corrals. It's got to be one that he holds onto. Unfortunately, he pushes it right to the foot of Edward Atuesta, and it goes off of Edward Atuesta into the goal for an own goal for Atuesta, and it's 3-1. And Philly, to be perfectly honest, After that goal, 
I thought it would be a little bit more back and forth and a little bit more nervous time for LAFC. But after the 64th minute, Philly, other than some subs and some yellows, I'll say this, uh, maybe a couple of offside plays, not a lot to write home about in the entire second half. No, can't say there was. I mean, RSL was really aggressive in the second half. And again, thank the heavens. Oh, Brian, there it is. You got it (laughs) stuck in my head. Thank God he gave us that goal because it gave us a bit of insurance. It gave us a bit of comfort because the worst kind of a lead, if you ask me, is a 2-0 lead. Why? Because if you score one, okay, you got a match going on, especially if you go up 2-0 early. We've seen plenty of teams come from behind and and either tie or win games. 2-0 is scary. It's not the insurance. A team comes, scores a girl, goal early in the in the second half, and then all of a sudden you got a game. You got the momentum riding on their side. But 3-0 is what gave us that bit of hope because I would say it took the wind out of the sails of the really Salty Lake players. And, and Philly, just in case people think we forgot, that goal in the 59th minute by Brian Rodriguez, of course, Philly, that's our wait. What? what? Moment of the podcast. So I know we skipped it over and talked about that goal in the 64th minute, but look, that that's neither here nor there. We got our wait what moment, and we're moving on towards the second half. Philly, I, I'll bring up, I guess, a couple of moments real quick. In the sure, 76, if you want to. In the 76th minute, that great save by Pablo Cisniego who came all the way out to kick it away from Sam Johnson, who, who again, he was a problem. Sam Johnson had a really nice match in just 45 minutes of time. God, I really thought he would score. And, and in the 79th minute, Another perfect corner by Brian Rodriguez, but Edward Atuesta just couldn't get on the end of it, pushed it wide. And really, I don't have much more, Philly. If there's any more moments you want to talk about in these last five, ten minutes or so, we did have three minutes of stoppage time. What do you think? You got anything on there? I'm going to just mention this because I, I was excited because Max Bredos was excited during the telecast. We thought Moose who subbed into the game for Bradley Wright Phillips, had a goal. Max was beyond excited. I'm thinking, oh my God, Max is excited. He sees something I don't, but that wasn't the case. He beat Putna, but he didn't beat the assistant referee. Unfortunately, Moose was called offside, and he didn't add a third goal to his already two goals on the season. (laughs) I love Moose. He's our third leading scorer, Scarf. He's tied with Tied. Tied, tied with, with K. Also, yeah. don't forget who now has two goals in the regular season, or excuse me, two goals for the scoring lead. That would be Brian Rodriguez, my friend. Do you know who else has two goals though? Who's that? Carlos Vela. He does. He does. Also, God, those those were scored seven years ago. Those two goals seem like they were scored so long ago. Philly, look here. Here's one great takeaway. We started Bradley Wright Phillips, Brian Rodriguez, and Diego Rossi on the front line, and all three of our frontline starters had goals today in the match. That is huge. That is huge. And Philly, let's take a look at the standings real quick, if you don't mind. Wait, wait, why can't we look at the stats? Oh, because, because we didn't the have stats, stats guys weren't there. Thank you, stats guys. 100% so, possession, 100% passing accuracy, and we were three for three. We win. LAFC now rising to fifth in the table on 21 points. Only, by the way, one point from hosting a playoff match at Bank of California Stadium. Seattle at the top with 27, followed by Portland, SKC, Minnesota, and us. And in case you're wondering, Philly, because I know that you are. In fact, no, you're not wondering because you looked it up with me. Of the 12 teams in the West, the one at the bottom is Carson. 15 points, 3 points from a playoff spot, 6 points from LAFC. And Philly, 
We don't get to rest or celebrate this victory for very long. First of all, let's get the heck out of Sandy, Utah. But it's actually a short plane ride over to Denver, Denver, Colorado, where we get to see our good friend Stephen Betashore. We we hope that that match is going to happen. A couple of people within the Rapids organization have tested positive for COVID. They postponed their last match, so hopefully we get to see this. I'd love to see Stephen Betashore. It'd be obviously a bittersweet reunion. He has not played for Colorado. He featured in the 18 shortly after getting signed by them. But here's the deal, Scarf. I actually I gotta wait what moment myself real quick just to kind of tie things up. No yes, Demir Krylock goal. Hey, that's my wait. What? Nice. I like it. Yeah. What was our last episode with our RSL called? For cry locking out loud. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great title that you came up with there, Philly. He was kind of non-existent. I didn't really hear he, his name much in I, that I match. I completely Their agree. Their leading scorer basically was Casper the Friendly Ghost. I completely agree. I think it's because Rusnak wasn't there to take away some of the space uh, that Demir needs to operate. You, you mentioned Rusnak, and you mentioned he's heading up towards his call for the Slovakian national team. To quote the movie Euro Trip, it's a good thing he didn't go in winter because in Bratislava it can get very depressing. And for all of you that were just offended by Philly's European accent, you Euro can email trip, him the movie Euro trip. at philly at defendersofthebank.com. <laughs> look, Philly, this is a huge gauntlet that LAFC is about to start. And unfortunately, Philly, it's going to be without Sifu, uh, without Cheeky, uh, and without Brian Rodriguez. Uh, we play five matches in, and I did the math just to make sure, 15 days. Five matches in 15 days. We played today on the 4th. We play Colorado on the 7th. We get to get back home for a little bit and play Seattle on the 11th. But then we head to Portland's Providence Park to play Vancouver, because why not, 2020? We stay in Portland, most likely, to play Portland at Portland's Providence Park on the 18th. No way. So we have a game on the 7th, 11th, 14th, and 18th. Four days apart then three days apart, then four days apart from each other. And we think we've got a tired lineup right now when we don't have three frontline starters. Philly, our next match against Colorado, no Carlos Vela, no Brian Rodriguez, no Sifu, no Cheeky, no Tristan Blackman, Get ready to see some moose, baby. The moose is going to be loose in Colorado. That's perfect. They got a lot of moose up there in Denver. I think they do. I have no idea. I've never been up to Denver. I would love to go to Denver. It's cold up there. Sure. Moose. Aspen, California. Beautiful. Anyways, look, it's going to be an incredible stretch of matches where Max Bredos put it best on the telecast. We need to just start stacking results and stacking points, unlike what Philly is trying to do and stack a light on his desk that just fell right now. And it, stickers. It's, and Philly is trying to multitask, and that is not normally his strongest Philly's suit. Philly's multitask. But that being said, Philly, this is going to be a gauntlet that LAFC has to play, and he just can't, he can't make it happen right now. It's just not happening for Philly. But Philly, with all these matches comes five great opportunities for points. And here we are already collecting three points in our first of five opportunities. It's not going to get any easier for us going forward, certainly for not, for the next five to six matches. Without the trio of Sifu, Raito, and Chiki, it's going to be tough. I think we take at least a point from Colorado. Seattle is going to be an extremely difficult match for us. Vancouver should be a point or three. Portland is going to be tough. And if the Galaxy start Chicharito, we'll take plenty of points there. If they start Zubac, it might be tougher. 
Houston should be a point. San Jose could be points. Portland can be tough. I don't know what kind of thing, what to expect. I am going to go with low expectations. I will expect the worst and hope for the best because that's all we can do. Yes, there are going to be other players that are absolutely going to need to step up. Danny Musovsky is going to need to solidify his place as the third leading scorer on this team. He's not going to surpass Bradley Wright Phillips, nor is he going to catch Diego Rossi, but, but Moose is going to have to find the back of the net and not be in an offside position. Hopefully we get to see some more of Adrian Perez, who had an outstanding preseason. Hopefully we get to see some Bryce Duke. We're going to have some players that are going to need to step up dramatically. We've been talking about how Mohamed El Manir has basically been MIA and on the back of a milk carton for the course of the season since the COVID Cup. Hopefully we get to see some more of him. There's going to be some interesting things that Bob gets to tinker with. Unfortunately, he's not going to have that much time in between matches to test all these new things out. So hopefully within this last week, he's had enough time to have an idea what to do with who and where. And of course he does. Why wouldn't he? He's in the top five all-time winning scores in this league, about to pass Dominic Kinnear with three more wins. I'm hoping for the best, expecting the worst, but hoping for the best. Yeah, Bob Bradley among the top five leading winners in this league. I don't know how many goals he scored, but he's definitely... Is that what I said? You said scorers, yes. Damn, I messed up yet again. (laughs) I love you, brother. Here's the thing. Freddy? Freddy? Freddy. That was Ready Philly put together. Philly... I'm going to throw something out at you that will probably scare all of our listeners out there. I think that the most important player over these next four matches, look, clearly it's Diego Rossi, right? Because he scores all of our goals. But that's not who I'm talking about right now. I think our most important player moving forward is Andy Nahar. What? Andy Nahar. That's right. Andy Nahar. Because if we can get Andy Nahar slotted in at right back, that can move Latif Blessing either to forward or to midfield. And that really solves a few problems for us because I think you're absolutely right. Philly, Mohamed Munir has been in the doghouse for some reason this season. He pissed off the coaching staff in Orlando. There's no doubt about that. The game he subbed in and was taken out, he was yelling at one of his players. I don't remember who. Yeah. We probably should go back to that footage to get a better idea. But yeah, he pissed people off, man. But I'm saying this. Look, it's all hands on deck now. You got to put everything aside if you're the coaching staff and get everybody out there if they can play. So I think Mohamed El Munir comes in for Cheeky Palacios on that one side on the wing. I really do think that we can get a lot of the same production. I mean, look, go back and look at Mohamed Elmanir's incredible goal that he scored in one of our first matches with us where he broke four defenders down on his way to a goal. Absolutely incredible. Certainly the type of play that we can get from Cheeky Palacios. So I think Elmanir might slot in over for Cheeky on that opposite side. And then for that spot that Latif Blessing plays, if we can get Andy Nahar to get healthy, to get some real minutes, then all of a sudden Blessing can move up to midfield. But you know what? We, we've got Poncho. Look, what we're going to miss, and you and I talked about this, we're going to miss more than anything. Sifu's passing is incredible, but Sifu's toughness. Yo, that's, yeah. that's the thing that really sets Jose Sifuentes apart is his toughness. So it's going to have to be either Poncho Ginella or Latif Blessing taking that spot. And who knows what happens on this front line. We have BWP, who Bob Bradley has said over and over and over again and proved it again today, is not 90 minutes match fit. Not a 90-minute player. So we know at some point we're going to see Moose come off the bench. Or maybe even Danny Musovsky, Philly, is the one that gets the start for Brian Rodriguez, who will not be there. Then that means Adrian Perez is next man up. And we might even see 
Christian Torres get some meaningful minutes for LAFC. And heck, why not? Our other two academy kids are defenders as well. Get them back there on the back line. Get Eric Duenas and Tony Leone some experience. Why not? We are firmly in playoff position, but again, we're pretty close to the bottom still. We're only six points away from the bottom and only six points away from the top. What a crazy Western conference it is. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Andy Nahar could be the key to LAFC shoring up some of those holes in our depth and in our overall form while these guys go off on international duty. That's if he doesn't get injured having the sprinkler sprinkle him. <laughs> That's kind of mean. I mean, I, I, I say all this stuff. I just we I, I, You I, seem I, a little jaded on Andy Nahar. I, I was jaded on Andy Nahar from the get-go because of his list of injuries. We we saw it, man. We saw it firsthand. It is it is substantial. We've jokingly called him a Derrick Rose kind of a paper injury kind of a guy. He he trained with the club. I, I don't know the exact financials behind getting him, but at the same time, I'm sure they didn't invest a lot of money and they saw a hell of a lot of upside. They they took a gamble on this investment. So hopefully you're right. We need him to step up. We need him to stay healthy. There's a lot of things we need, and this crazy part is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what to expect. There's so many variables and so many X factors right now that's going to make this part of the season tremendously interesting to watch. But if we can manage to squeeze out a couple of points in these games, when we get Raito, when we get Cheeky, when we get Jose back into our lineup, these guys are going to have had spent time with world-class athletes doing world-class things, hopefully getting minutes and making their presence felt. With that, with all the knowledge they're going to come back with, they should be able to transition back into their positions well and have even more meaningful impacts on the match. I'm looking forward to this. I think Brian Rodriguez scoring a goal and then going off to play for the national team is a good sign of things to come. He may even get a goal with Uruguay again. We know he's done that three times in six matches. I feel the best is still yet to come from this young man. The best is still to come from Jose Cifuentes and the best is still to come from Cheeky Palacios and it's all going to happen at the tail end of this month pushing into the playoffs I feel if we can keep our head just above water that's all we need to do is keep our head above water we're going to be doing nice things come November yeah Philly we are going to make the playoffs like I said a couple of podcasts ago and we are going to do some damage because the other thing that we're also getting back Philly at some point we hope of course is the left foot of God after the left ACL of Carlos Vela heals up we get everything going and we get Carlitos back there along with Brian Rodriguez and Diego Rossi oh my goodness you get the most lethal combination on the front line in Major League Soccer and Philly we're going to the playoffs and you know what we're gonna win it all I, I can't wait oh, to be able to lift MLS Cup look it we might have to do it 5-4 in that final match but we are going to lift MLS Cup we get everybody back healthy and look, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think we're going to get solid minutes from Andy Nahar. I don't know when we'll see Tristan Blackman again. That hamstring injury really seems to be bothering him. So, look, we need some help from Dayon. We got some help from Jordan Harvey today, especially after that 39th minute. Play the whole game, man. Uh, other than a couple of problems with Sam Johnson on headers in the box, but uh, set-piece defending, not all Jordan Harvey's fault, that's for sure. So we'll see what happens. But, Philly, I'm looking forward to seeing our friend Stephen Betashore in Colorado on that next match in just a couple of days. 
I got nothing else. I'm excited, but I also, I'm going to start resting these pipes here so that in just a couple days, we can get back to world famous Philip Monster Studios and record the recap. And this time, maybe this time, I'll remember to do one more sleep. But I was out in Death Valley. I was in Death Valley and not against my own will, by the way. I went there on, on purpose. It was only 108 degrees yesterday. It was also your anniversary. Let's <laughs> indicate that. It was your anniversary with Nina. It was a happy occasion in Death Valley. <laughs> It was you celebrating said, life. You said a sentence that was not said very often. It was celebrating happy, life in Death Valley. A happy occasion in Death Valley. By the way, if we use prepositions, it would be called Valley of Death, and that doesn't seem nearly as appetizing somehow as Death Valley. But look, Philly. Hell, that's where The Undertaker's from. There you go. Episode 122 in the books. And you guys know how we like to end all of our episodes here on Defenders of the Bank. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye-bye.